It's on. Coming through. It's coming across. Uh, yep. Okay. Again. He had it muted. There we go. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing? Good. Pull a little less tarot there. Can't do it near as well as he does, but. Uh, this morning we have an interesting um, topic that we're going to look at the, um, in the teaching. This is something that, you know, you just don't go looking for to study. Um, because once you really um, start looking at, um, you know, the, the different passages and stuff like that, there's, um, there, there's, there's major warfare involved. And... That just comes with the territory of, of, of being a saint. Um, a lot of people in the church are, uh, don't even think warfare is, is needed. It's already been completed. Everything is finished. And we should not engage in any type of warfare in the spirit. But they're not reading the Bible. That's just, that's just the way it is. Because warfare is all over. We don't go around, um, you know, uh, you can't. You can't manufacture warfare. You can't, and what I mean by that is, we all we all know whenever whenever there's a t there's a time to war, and when we war, it's because our spirit is is has indicated that there's war involved, and you you could you 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 just flow with that. You you can't just go out and say, well, you know, I'm going to take dominion over this principality, or I'm going to wrestle with wormwood today or i mean we don't we don't wake up and, and do that you can't manufacture it you can't fabricate it uh if you do you can really get um the enemy can wear you out literally can really strip you of everything that you have like he did in in, in the book of acts and uh say paul i know jesus i know but who are you that kind of thing so when we when we talk about warfare, we're not talking about just doing it be, just because. You know, there there are some people that well, they love a fight and they love and that. We're not talking about anything that we can um, um, initiate ourselves. This is all initiated within the heart of God in us, and we do, you just flow with that. I mean, you know, you know if you if you reflect back many years ago. I mean, it seemed like every time we came together, I mean, it was all-out war, <laughs> battle. I mean, even if we weren't here, we were in warfare constantly through the day, through the night. While I'm at work, my spirit is in war mode. I mean, while you're wherever you were, at the store, at home, you guys remember those days. And it's not that we don't war now. It's just we've grown, we've developed, and it's a different type of warfare that doesn't seem to um, result in us on our face yelling and screaming for two hours at a time um, and, and getting home where, you're, where your natural voice is, where you can barely even talk because you've been, the warfare has been so intense. We're, we're I've got to be careful here because we're, we're above principalities and powers. We are. We're seated above them, but yet we, we war against them still. So how is it that we can be far above but yet war against them? That's just the way it is in, as, as an intercessor. And so several weeks ago, I forget what I was studying about, but I, maybe it was, maybe it was that, that word about 
pouring out, he was pouring out his spirit. I think that's what it started because there's some things in there that talk about the day of the Lord, it being darkness. And so as I was studying and preparing for that, this started to kind of come into my thinking. And, and I haven't been able to, to shake it. And a couple of nights ago, I had a dream. And in, the dream was very short, but it was very detailed in, in the five or ten seconds that, 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 that happened. And I remember seeing specific people, and they were doing things that were um, abominable, just like Ezekiel, in the days of Ezekiel, when he was taken up, and he saw abominable things going on. And it was like five or ten seconds, and it, it just ended. But I knew when I woke up the next morning, I knew that it was connected to the different things that the enemy is going to be, will be releasing out of the bottomless pit. And um, now I'm not here to this. Uh, I know in saying this, some people are going to, you know, if you walk down here to the Methodist church and they, 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 they hear you talking about this and they're always going to put, well, you know, we don't have to deal with that, you know. Okay, we, we all know that. We all know that the Lord's changed our minds a lot in that regard. We are going to go through great tribulation. Now, what all that means and what all that entails and how that affects saints and prophets that are in the book of Revelation, the effects of that is going to be far different than it will be for most people. The Lord is going to protect us. We, have to, we, we do not need to fear because when we look at different passages like the one we're going to look at this morning and many others, God always protects those that are on the forefront of what he's doing. He always protects. And we will be in situations where if people try to harm us, it's like they are harming the purpose and the plan of God within us, and fire is going to proceed out of our mouth and devour our enemies. That's the type of things that God has put within inside us, and in his timing, and we'll know when that is, nobody wants to do this. I mean, just the thought of that is like, I don't know if I want to do it. You know what I'm saying? But it's there. And um, so in this dream, and, and I saw people, and I give names, but that's not the, the, the main point of, of the dream, but I saw them doing things that they normally would not do. Um, and I could tell that they were affected by other influences because of just what, what I, I know who they are, and I know who they represent in the Lord, but they were doing things that were not um, in accordance with who they were. And it, boy, it really shook me. And I thought, okay, um, the enemy's really um, turning up things here and the time frame that we're in in the last days. That's what the book of Revelation's all about. It's about the last days. And everybody said from every generation uh, preceding us that it, they're in the last days, right? And we're getting closer. We're in the last days. The book of Revelation is not just for the future. We're going to be raptured out in heaven, okay? It's not going to be that way. It's just not. And I know I'm infuriating people that are pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Nobody really knows when we're going to be out of here, right? We don't. None of us. The scripture even says that. So why do we think we know? 
That's what I would say to my friends that still believe, hey, we're pre-tribbers here, boy, we're out of here. No, 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 you know, and then they quote these certain scriptures, but what about all these other ones? Okay, you, you might think you're going to be out of here, but when, when these things really begin to manifest, it's going it, to, we think we're in a chaotic situation now. This is really only the tip of the iceberg for what's coming. Darkness and gross darkness are, are different, different things. And so I started studying. I felt led to look at the bottomless pit. Wow, what a great study, huh? I mean, really, it, it is a good study, but it's just something. It, every time I read, even this morning, I, I was reading real early, and I thought, man, why, Lord, why me? Why not give this to Les or somebody else? But, or, I mean, it, 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 the, the concept that I started thinking about, I was thinking about pastor with the, um, where we're at Chili's or another restaurant, and you think about the, the word bottomless, you know, you got endless or bottomless chips and salsa, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and, you know, we're talking about the abyss is another way of saying it. Um, so what's interesting is when this happens and this spiritual place, which is very real, is opened up, there are specific things that are going to happen that is going to rock this earth. And it's going to affect mankind like... It's just going to affect mankind in a lot of different ways. But those that are, that are moving as saints and those that are moving as true prophets will not be affected like all the other people. And so that's what we need. As we look at this, that's what I want you to, to see in this is we're not going to be affected because we are marked by God. And these forces and what's being unleashed on this earth, they cannot come nigh to any of us or any person that is moving as a saint or a true prophet. So let's look at this. Now, before I get into the passages, you know we're going to be looking at the concept of uh, when, this, when this pit is opened up, these locust-like creatures are going to be released. And so that started me on a, the other study about locusts throughout the entire scripture. And what's interesting is there are so many different like cross references that you can do with when you think about fire and brimstone what do you think about Sodom Gomorrah so there are some similarities and and later on we're going to find out where it talks about Sodom and Egypt not Sodom and Gomorrah that's in the book of Revelation but the locust was a creature if if you study it out um that's regularly mentioned throughout the scripture. And the first one that probably comes to mind is the plague of locusts, right? It's such a small little creature, but can do so much damage. And there's, there's like 10 different Hebrew words uh, that are used for locusts. Sometimes they, it's, uh, instead of saying locusts, it refers to grasshoppers. And there's different types of these locusts. Uh, another thing that stands out is John the Baptist. What did he eat? His diet was locusts and wild honey. So the locusts, if you studied out in the Mosaic law, was considered to be a clean uh, creature, an animal. <laughs> right? I know, like, man, that dude is ugly. Just the appearance of a locust is like. So that's one of the reasons why he was able to eat locusts. 
And I'm glad that wild honey's there because that stuff is really good. I just had an entire jar given to me for a Christmas gift that came straight from the beehive. Really good. And so you, in Revelation 9, if you, when we start to look at the locust that's mentioned here, it has an oriental um, heritage to it where um, it's a devastating uh, insect uh, that originates in the, in the oriental uh, world. Um, and, and the actual word itself means straight-winged. And like I said, there's many different species of it. You've got the grasshopper, uh, which is considered to be more larger and more of a destructive type of uh, an animal. Wh what's really interesting is that these creatures can leap 200 times the length of their bodies. Such a small creature, but they are absolutely dependent on the wind. Interesting. If you pull this up and you start to study it out, you can see over in Africa right now there are there are swarms of locusts, and they and they gather together in I don't know what the term is, but they gather in large groups that can cover the entire sky to where you can't even see the sun. It's just black. Really interesting as you as you start to study it. I think the group's called Congress. Okay, yeah, we could. <laughs> now, I know some of you, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to go home and make up a dish of, you know, locusts and wild honey. I don't think I'm going to do that. But they did bake it. They mixed it in flour, and they used it for, for food. And, a lot of protein. Uh, yeah, they're full of protein. Um, so I'm not going to go through any, any other. Th I just want to mention a few of those things. Um, one, one other thing is, is locusts consume every green thing and all the vegetation and all the trees. So a swarm of locusts, when it talked about the plague of locusts, if you go back and read it in Exodus, it says they covered everything and wiped it all out, devastated it. How can a small creature do such devastating damage on the earth? It's just, it, it's just hard, hard to imagine, but that's what they were created to do. I say created because God created all the animals too, right? Including the locusts. Now, as we start to look in the book of Revelation though, these locust creatures that are let out of the bottomless pit, they take on different forms and they transform themselves to do other things that they were never created to do. So just, just stay with me just a minute here. We'll, we'll get to it. Isaiah referred to them as running to and fro, which just means they're, they're uh, uh, speaks of the rapid motion. Uh, it's, the term locust is, is mentioned in 1 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13, right before the if my people, right? It's right there. Locusts eat and devour the land. And then I've already mentioned John the Baptist died. So the bottomless pit is a real place. You know, it, it, it is. And I'm not, I'm not asking the Lord to take any of us into the abyss. But it is a real spiritual place just like heaven. It's just on the end, other end of the spectrum. 
And I don't know when this is going to happen. I don't. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here to tell you when. I'm just telling you this is coming. So let's look at Revelation 9, beginning in verse 1. And the fifth angel. I think that's very significant. Not the second, not the third. But when the fifth angel sound now... I've read the book of Revelation over the last two weeks like five times through. <laughs> I mean, it's just, as, you, as the Lord directs you, you, you just you put your head down, you be diligent, and you study it out. From So I'm only, I'm only saying that because I know we're, we're jumping in the middle of here, and we're going to chapter 9, but I know what happened in 1 all the way up through. John was incredibly gifted to see things in the future that were just astounding. God has gifted us to do the same thing. And what we're talking about are things that are, that are they, they may be a few weeks out, a few months, a few years, who knows. But John saw things with his own eyes that were astounding. I mean, he had encounters with uh, Jesus. He had encounters with all types of angelic representatives. He saw the the throne of God. He saw the pure river. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Not only that, not only did he have an off-the-chart seer gift, but he had an auditory gift, too, where he heard great voices and heard angels. And I mean, incredible. I mean, astounding. And when you think about it, hasn't God given us these same types of giftings? Variety. I mean, shared it among us. Flavored in different ways. Some of us are more like um, Ezekiel in that, boy, when God gives you something, when he gives you a word and a commissioning, it's as, and he puts it in your forehead, it's as hard as adamant flint, right? There's nothing. You're not going to back down. Some of you have that in you. And I'm just amazed at how much is in the scripture that is living in all of us. It, it's astounding to me. It's amazing. And so you've got this fifth angel that sounds this, there's a, it's this loud blast, you know, whether it's a trumpet or whatever. I don't know. I didn't see this angel do this, but it's some type of a loud blast with a sound attended to it. And then he says, I saw a star fall from heaven into the earth. Remember, all this is predicated on timing. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. We cannot open this thing or close it. This is, not, this is an angelic representative sent by the Lord to do this thing. <laughs> we, can't, we can't go and say, oh, I'm going to unlock heaven today. Or I'm gonna, we can't do that. God determines these things. We just have to learn to discern when, it, when, when heaven is open enter in you know <laughs> or when it's closed don't think oh god so all of this is being directed by him so this key was it was it a literal key like we use i don't know i did it just it represents access into a place and it's open that's what the key represents Every time I walk up to my door, what do I do? I've got the key. I put it in there, and it opens. It gives me access into my home, right? Wow, that's a pretty simple uh, analogy, right? 
We have doors. We lock them. We have, what's wrong with a border? But I want to go there. I mean, it's simple. I mean, we have all these, all these protective things in place. But boy, when you start mentioning on a national scale, and, and I think a lot of the political, and I'm going to mention it, a lot of the political garbage that's going on is their people are being affected by foul beings that may not be coming out of the bottom of this pit, but there's enough to, to go around. I mean, there's, the enemy has other forces that are just as evil and vile as some of these, these other ones here that we're going to mention. But they're under the influence of, of demonic beings. Didn't say they're possessed, but anytime anybody with any common sense at all can look at what's going on or should be able to look in our country and go, where's all this stuff originating? What's the true source? And no matter what happens in our world, we must be like Ezekiel and have that forehead as harder than adamant flint and say, you know what? I don't care if they, if, if I'm among thorns and briar, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to be true to what God has called me to do. Be true to what God's called you to do and me. No matter what, it doesn't matter. Who are we serving? Joe Biden? God forbid. I mean, who are, we, who are we serving? We serve the Lord and his plan, his purpose, no matter what. I'm just trying to encourage everybody because I know if, if, if I look long enough at things around me and I listen to CNN and Fox and all, any media outlet, man, I could get really, really depressed. Depressed, oppressed, suppressed, whatever press you want to use. But we don't need, we cannot look that way. We cannot. Look around you. God's still moving on our behalf. He's still raising up people all over the world, right? He is. And so here we have this bottomless pit, which is the abyss. And if you, I don't know if you've ever been in a prayer time where you felt like you're inside. I've been there before, and I don't want to go back. Lord, I'm not telling you to, been, been like in a, um, a black hole type thing is really kind of what I remember. And, I mean, just, and it, it seemed endless. It, it's it's kind of like that. And I'm, and I'm not doing it much justice, but th there's more to it than that. But I'm trying to describe what I, what I know. And then verse 2, it says, And he opened the bottomless pit, or the depthless pit. Now, pit there, if you look it up here, it, it re just refers to, a hole in the ground that would, would, would serve to hold, uh, it's got hold water or any kind of other purpose. It could be like a, uh, a well of sorts or some type of cistern which was, would hold things. But it's endless. That's why it's bottomless. It can also, it's like a, in another verse we're going to see where it's described as a prison. So that's kind of what it is too. It's a, it's a depthless type of prison. And there are demonic creatures in this place. What do you think they're doing while they're there in this, in this holding place where they don't have access to come out? Who do you think is dictating this 
being enclosed like this? Is it Satan that's keeping them in there? I don't think so. God controls everything, right? And God is dictating when this place is opened up. So you can't tell me that I, I, God, God makes sure that these creatures are not. But what do you think they're doing there? Do you think they're sleeping? I mean, what, what do we think? They're preparing for something. And we're going to see in a minute that language is used. They are preparing for major warfare. And they are when when this when this is unlocked, and they are unleashed onto this earth, it's it's going to be. I don't even have a word to describe it. It's going to be far worse than chaos. Pandemonium might be another thing, but now as this as this place is opened up, the scripture says. There arose a smoke that came, started to come out of this pit. And as the, it describes it as the smoke of a, um, a megas furnace. And it has, the smoke has a purpose. Twofold. Number one, the sun is darkened and the air is darkened. Number two. So you've got the source of light being affected by just the smoke. Not even the locust yet. The source of light on planet Earth. Atmospheric change. And then the air that we breathe. And I'm not going to go there, but I think you probably, the air, respiratory things being affected. Polluted, contaminated. And I'm not talking about the Green Deal here. Just saying there's some parallels in the beginnings of things that are, that are coming that are far worse than coronavirus. I'm grateful for vaccines. I'm grateful for all of that stuff. But I think these are only the beginnings of what's going to be unleashed out of the abyss. Don't fear. And darkened here means... Uh, uh, scotizo, and it means to make things obscure, to make things to where it's, they're, they're not very clear. Are there, are there any people around the world that are being affected by darkness in this way? Absolutely. They don't know. I mean, it's just so dark. It's so unclear. And, and when, they, when, they, when they speak, when their voice is released, boy, I mean, you feel... The lack of clarity. You feel the obscurity that just comes out and spewed out. It, it's craziness. Some of these influences that are coming are going to have that same type of capability that when they come out, the sun is going to be no more. It's going to be darkened. It's going to, um, the air that's being breathed is going to be polluted. And I don't know, there's just so many parallels here with kind of currently what's going on, but what's to come. And it says all of this happened by reason of the smoke that came out of this pit. I know that's a lot to take in. It was for me when I was first seeing it. I'm like, <laughs> why? 
Now, think of the prayers of the saints as described as what? Kind of a, a, it says incense, but it's kind of a smoky type thing. It represents the intercession of the saints, right? Prayers of the saints. You see the enemy? He's trying to be like the Most High. It's just in a twisted manner. And then let's look at verse 3. This is where we see the release of the locusts upon the earth. And in verse 3 it says, And there came out of the smoke, out of this smoke, out of this darkness, locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given exousia power, as the scorpions, or the scorpion means to be able to pierce through and, and it has a sting to it, uh, as the scorpions of the earth have exousia power. And then let's keep going. Verse 4, that's pretty self-explanatory. But look in verse 4. There are boundaries and limitations on these locusts, these creatures. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, neither any tree. Remember, when we look from the Old Testament all the way up to here, they were created to do this, right? Their function was to, to light on the vegetation and absolutely devour it, consume it, right? So why is it they're not allowed to do what they were created to do? It just shows you insight into the demonic and how they want to use. And remember, we're looking at the original, the way God created locusts versus how the enemy's trying to use them for his evil intent. Now he's turned and said, you're not going to do that. You're going to do something else. Something that you were never created to do. And when they are unleashed, those are the types of effects that it's going to have on mankind. Mankind, like the dream. Not going to be able, not going to be doing the things that they normally would do. I saw that very vividly in the dream. Make sense? So the objective and mission of the locusts upon the earth. Here's the objective. Here's the twisting to torment individuals that do not have the seal of Theos in their forehead. Remember, most people will say, well, that ain't going to be me anyway. It's somebody else. How easy is it to say that? I mean, it's so easy to say that. But, you know, that if you read Revelation with an open mind, I didn't say a deceptive mind, an open mind, how do you describe saints and prophets and remnant being there? Well, people will try to, they can talk that away. Well, that's just those that are going to be remaining. The 144,000, who do you think that's going to be? Yeah, people explain that away. Theologians have explained that away. I mean, even the best minds in all seminaries can try to explain that away. But again, we're explaining things away from our own finite thinking and our own finite timelines and, and our own finite timing and sometimes we really can miss the timing of God because he doesn't do things in the same way we think time goes I mean he does it differently his ways are not our ways now he can reveal something like 
for example, I'm just saying like something like this and say this is coming. I'm not telling you when because I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying it's tomorrow, but I know it's coming. But when it starts to really manifest and you start to see this, and we start to see it, we're going to know, hey, man, or something that pastor spoke, man, a year ago, this is happening now. We've, we've seen it our entire life as an intercessor. God, that's the way he works. So it's not up to us to be God. It's up for us to be the partner with God and let him, let him do his job and let us, let's do ours. So many times they, they get, people think they need to just help God out. Every time I hear that, my spirit cringes and I'm going, no, you don't. God needs no help at all. If you try to help him out, we're really going to screw things up. Pardon my expression. We will. Why do we think he needs help anyway? The fact that he needs help indicates there's something not correct in him, right? Or he <laughs> so let's read this. This seal, we're going to see there's some identifiers in, in, these, in these verses, hopefully, if we get to them, of how exactly what that seal is. There are, we are all marked in the spirit world. Every single one of us have markings in our breastplate, in our foreheads, on our feet. Everything, that armor is not just figurative language there. It is a literal spiritual outfitting of who we are in the Lord that is very, very alive. And when God looks at us, I know some people might, they may get irritated by this stuff and go, well, how do I know if I've got the seal? Well, I'm not here to tell you if you have the seal or not. I'm just telling you, I know people like us, and I'm not saying, I'm not excluding anybody, that have this seal during these, these times are going to make it. Those that don't, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. Because it's going to get bad, you guys. It's going to get really, really bad. But when, we, when, 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 when God sees us, and really when these enemy forces, these locust-like creatures, have the capacity to know if you've been marked in your forehead or not, they know that. Because it says here in verses 4 and 5, but only those men which have not the seal, and if you look at the word seal, it speaks of that signet, but as like fencing in or for protecting. And it's just that mark of, um, of uh, uh, it's the mark of God. I can't tell you, it's, it's not 777. <laughs> the scripture, <laughs> everybody gets hung up on 666. We don't know if it's going to have, if it's going to be a number in their forehead, a number, who knows? Numbers can, can be a, a, a tricky game, you know, but the main thing is I want to I have this seal of God in me that when these locusts are released to come and torment men for a time frame, they look at you or me and go, I can't touch that one. We can't torment them for a time frame because they've got that seal and I see it. That's us. 
This is used, this word seal is used 16 times in the New Testament. 14 are used in the book of Revelation. Why is that? It's very important. Very important. Now, I put references here for Ezekiel in chapter uh, 3, verses 8 and 9, speaking about the forehead. Um, and it should say forehead as hard as adamant flint. I forgot to put hard there. And then in Ezekiel 9, 4, pastor spoke about this several weeks back, about the markings on the sires and the criers in, in the, uh, have a marking in their forehead there in um, Ezekiel 9, 4. And then in Revelation 14, 1, it talks about people having the Father's name written in the forehead. In the forehead. That's another identifier. And the name there means the identity of who he is and what he's doing. That is the identifying marks that these enemy forces, they can see. They're not toothless. They're not stupid. They are twisted and they have a, an intent to come and to get mankind off course. That's what they're going to do. And it's going to be very intense. And to them it was given that they should not kill them. So their objective is not to utterly destroy mankind, but to torment. And torment there means what it means. To torture them for five months. To torture them for a time frame. It's not going to go on continually. It says five months, and that just speaks and represents a certain amount of time that they're going to be unleashed to do this. And their torment was the torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. The bottomless pit. I didn't hear any of this stuff when I was a kid. I'm not... <laughs> I mean, people refer to, um, you know, heaven and hell. And, you know, I knew a few spiritual places, but nobody ever really had. Um, it just wasn't the time for, for things like that to be revealed or even talked about. Or if I heard a message, it was like, um, I mean, just so vague. It did, nobody had any kind of a, 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 a spiritual experience to kind of verify or back up what they were, what they were teaching. You know what I'm saying? So I just want us all to be very, very aware of maybe there's not a lot of warfare for you. And again, the warfare that I'm talking about is not where I'm on my face two hours yelling for two hours. It's not that. I believe this is coming, and we just need to be prepared and know that we have this seal imprinted in our forehead. Why the forehead? Why not the back of the head? Why not the knee? Why, I mean... Why that part? Well, that's just, the for, that's just at the forefront of, of who we are in, in our anatomy. And that's when I see someone, it's the first part, the face and the forehead. That's what I see first. Now, look what happens in verse 6. It says, mankind seeks for death in these days. What? That sounds crazy, right? It must be, it's going to get really, really bad. And in those days, men seek thanatos. They seek after, they want to die, it's so bad. The torment from these creatures that are being unleashed during this time frame is going to be so intense, they want to die. Now, this word for seek here is the word we see repeatedly used for seek first, the kingdom of God, 
Ask, seek, and knock. The unclean spirit seeking after rest. The father seeking worshipers, same word. Elamah seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith in the book of Acts. Spiritual gift, seeking them, same word. Seeking things above. And then finally, the devil seeks to devour. Same word for zealot in the New Testament. They are seeking after Thanatos. Let me die. This torment from these creatures is so intense, I'm just ready to give up the ghost. And then it says, not only that, but they desire to die. So they're seeking after it, but then there's this, this desire. And I put the a Greek word there for you, epithemeo. And it means there's, they, they've set their heart upon, they're longing after um, to be able to just die off. And then it says, and Thanatos will phago from them, will flee away. It's not going to happen. The torment is going to continue for a space of time. That's horrible. It really is. That's why every person on this planet better know they have this seal imprinted in their forehead. And no God, quit playing games. I don't know if everybody, you can, this is not just saying, oh, I'm a churchgoer. Boy, I'm there every Sunday. No, this ain't it. You can be a churchgoer and still not have this seal. I mean, we're not talking about the blood of Jesus here. We're talking about a, a specific seal in the last days that the enemy forces recognize when they come on the earth. So, let's keep going. In Revelation 9, now, 7 through 10, there is a detailed description of these locusts. Now we're going to see how they begin to transform themselves, the very shape of who they are. It says, and the shapes, which is the form or the resemblance or another way of saying it is they're, they're taking on a different look and a different form than what they were created as locusts. It says, they were like unto horses prepared for warfare, prepared for battle. You think they're in the bottomless pit just, just happy and go lucky to be there and they're ready to go? They are preparing for major warfare on this earth. That's their job. That's their mission for five months. In five months, I'm not saying it's going to be our five-month period. I don't know. It's just a certain amount of time. So when I was talking about them being prepared in the pit, they're being prepared, and they're ready to go. And once that place has opened up, <laughs> they're not turning back. They are on a mission from the enemy to do things, to do harm to mankind. And it says, on their heads they had crowns of gold, like gold. And their faces were like the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women. They weren't created like this. Were they? Not according to the Old Testament. They were created as locusts. With, um, I didn't see anything about them having hair like women. Or, or crowns of gold on their head. This just shows you what 
the transformative didn't he, doesn't the scripture say that even even the enemy can transform himself and his messengers and ministers into angels of light right so we're, we're seeing that here in this passage and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle there's another descriptive there they are not shying away one bit. They are running into warfare because that's what they're coming to do. The people on this planet need to be ready. All, all across this world need to be ready for this. We are not talking about some little pansy type warfare where you can name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, shake it, and bake it. That's not what we're talking about here. This is major enemy warfare that is coming. And the only people, the only ones that are going to make it are those that have, have that seal. And I believe part of that seal is, is, is due to their devotion and their commitment to just be before the Lord and to commune with Him and, and learn of Him. I mean, it, it speaks of deep relationship with God. Those are the people that have this mark. And I think there are going to be some Christians I'm just going to, there are going to be some Christians that are going to be, they're, they're going to be wide-eyed when some of this stuff starts to happen. I was just reading yesterday, kind of lighten the load here, it's kind of intense in here. I was reading something on social media yesterday. And this person used to be with us. And they are so wrapped up in other teachings you can't even recognize them. And they're just putting it on Facebook like it's, it's no big deal. Quoting people that are just like nowhere near the words of Jesus. Jumping on every, every injustice that's out there. I mean, it's, we all agree there's, there's injustice, but is that our main purpose for being here is to eradicate injustice from off this planet? <laughs> is God a God of justice? Yes. Is God, I don't know. It's it's, like our right, right. His, that's what I'm saying. Every, everything that we, we talk about and the Lord's trained us on is He's identified what that means. And just recently, I was talking to, um, having the, Again, when I say this, you guys know people are at different stages spiritually. Some are still been Christians 40 years, and they're still like five years old in the Lord. They're still salvation. Oh, just drilling it. So recently, I was talking to Trisha's mom. And she's, she's. So you weren't talking about her. Right. So she was, she was talking, she's got this desire now to start studying the Bible. Which is good. And. You know, she, she attends a Lutheran church, and that's fine. Martin Luther came. He stood for some good things. Somebody's got to start somewhere. Um, and I forgot where I was going to go with this. I hate when that happens. It was connected. If it comes back, I'll, I apologize, but it was, oh, I hate that. Okay, we'll move on. I'm, I apologize. Okay, now let's look in Revelation 9, 11, and 12. 
these locusts have a specific king over them and gives a, a this is the, this is one of those passages that does give a name and the name is Abaddon the angel of the bottomless pit in Revelation 9 11 through 12 and they had a king over them which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, and it just means a destroying angel. But in the Greek, his name is Apollyon, which means destroyer, same thing. And then John says he heard that one woe is past, but there's two more woes that are coming. You see? That's part of that gross darkness. That's still yet to come. I mean, I, I believe this is going to happen. I don't know when. But there's still more woes to come. And specifically two, I read them. I'm not going to talk about them, but those are, those are to come. Now, what's interesting is in this pit, there are other creatures. And one of them is the beast is said to ascend out of the bottomless pit. In Revelation 11, a couple of chapters over, verses 3 through 13. And I want us to look at this context. This is very, so important. I didn't put one and two in there, but you can go back and read that. I, and I will give power unto my two witnesses. Some people focus on, oh, there's only two, right? Focus on the word witnesses in the plural. It's not just going to be two people. It's not going to be Les and Debbie. Or it's, There's more than that, okay? Some people get caught up on this, and they try, well, it's going to be somebody like Moses and Elijah. Witnesses. And what are they going to do? They're going to prophesy 1,203 uh, score days clothed in sackcloth. sackcloth. There's the, the, the attire. These are two olive trees. So we got witnesses, olive trees, and two candlesticks that are histemaing before the God of the earth. So the histemaing to me is the, is the most important part here to identify the people that are going to be doing this. Some people don't know what histemae is. They stand here and that's all. They, oh, this is where I'm at, right here. How can I be standing up there before the throne of God? That's, that's the way they think. They're so limited to their physical body and they forget their spirit can be there. And their eyes can be open there to know you're there. It's simple, but yet so profound. And why, why are they described as witnesses? Well, they've died to themselves and it's, they're, they're standing on behalf of the message that God's given on what he wants to be, have done. Is that us? Absolutely. Why are, they, why are they described as olive trees? I believe that olive trees represent a lot of different things, but they represent and they have the anointing of the Lord inside them there. Why candlesticks? Well, because the light of the Lord is inside us and we're like a candlestick where we're, you, don't, you don't put a, a bushel over it. We're lit so everybody can see the source of the light. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons, but and if any man hurt them, fire comes out of their mouth and devours their enemies. We have his seal 
upon us and we have his prophetic spirit inside us to proclaim his message it's his anointing it's his light and anybody that comes against that is like coming against God himself he will not stand for it he will devour them with fire that's what we can that's God's job in us that's very, very profound. If any man hurt them, he must in the same manner be killed. Again, I'm not doing God's job. If God, if, if you open your mouth and fire comes out and somebody dies, it's not you. That's God that's doing that. Because <laughs> in ourselves, that, we can't do that. There's no way. We don't have the capacity for that to happen. I know this sounds bizarre. I know it sounds weird. But it is Scripture. These have the power, here's some other characteristics that we've talked about in the past, to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and they have exousia over the waters to turn them into blood, and threefold to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. So there is a um, uh, discretionary power that's given to witnesses. It started with witnesses. <laughs> prophecy, right? Dying to ourselves, dying to our message or our agenda so that we can be raised up with his message, right? When we have his message, these are the types of things that are going to follow us in the last days. So no matter what is heralded from the base of this country in the northern part of the United States, it doesn't matter. We stay true to what God's called us to do, and we are going to be, we are going to be, we are going to be, we're going to be great. We don't have to worry. We don't need to let fear come in. We don't need to worry about doubt because God is going to take care of any enemy force that tries to come against us. I think I'm encouraged by that. Plagues are here. You know, is there any, are there any other scriptures that come to mind about somebody partnering with God in the release of plagues? Moses. Noah. I started to teach on Noah this morning. There's some, there's some similarities there. We are in the days of Noah in that God's preparing an ark for people that, that, are, that are his that he's going to save when destruction comes. Almost, almost titled it The Ark and the Altar. Because when he, when he does what he's going to do, and like in Noah's day, it was 40 days, 40 nights. God said he wasn't going to do that again. But there are still destructive things coming to this earth. And we need to know that that ark of protection is there for all of us. It is. And when they had finished their testimony, their martyria, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war, warfare against them and overcome them and kill them. The story ends there, right? Uh-uh. Nope. And their dead bodies laid in the street of that great city, which is pneumatically called Sodom and Egypt, where our, also our Lord was crucified. Man, boy, the pattern. And uh, they're following the same pattern. 
And, and they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three, three and a half days and shall not suffer their bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth are going to rejoice, make merry, and send gifts to one another. Boy, how twisted is that? Two, or excuse me, witnesses that are trying to help the people that die, they see it, and here they are, they're just having this great celebration. They're sending gifts to one another. That's so twisted. Because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. And after three and a half days, look what happens. The spirit of life from God enters into them, and they histeme on their feet. To be present when that happened, I wonder what those people, the look on their face. Can you imagine? I mean, they were probably speechless. Probably some of them passed out. I mean, it's no telling what happened. God wanted to make sure that, that, that these people knew that they were dead. They were there three days. You know the smell was horrible. But then they get to see the God moment where he, his spirit of life, prophecy, and everything that's attended to it comes into them. They stand on their feet. Great fear comes upon all the people that thrailed that moment, that God moment. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up into heaven in a cloud, and their enemies thereoed them. And that word for thereo means it was a theo moment. It was a God-like moment. And that same hour, there was a great earthquake. And the tenth of that city fell, and in the earthquake were slain 7,000 men. Look, look who remains after this, though. These, these, these individuals, whether they're two or ten, I'm not, I'm not here to talk about the number. They're, they ascend up into heaven. Everybody sees it. The remnant were frightened. So you're, you don't know if that's literal or figurative? Is that what you're saying? What's that? Two, the number two? I'm just not focusing on the number. I'm not, I'm not going to. It might be two. It might be 20. I don't know. Two could represent Something else. I, I, there's some things in the book of Revelation that if, if I mean, if it's only two, who's it going to be? I know there was only one Moses. There was only one Noah. There was only one Jesus. So it's, the number to me is not important because God can do it in two. He can do it with one. He can do what he wants. I mean, numbers are important. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, I'm just not going to lock in and go, there's only two people during this time frame that are going to, be these witnesses. I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to go there on that. Yep. Right, right. That's kind of like the day of Pentecost. Well, he poured it out then, but that's not for us today. You know, that's kind of tomato, tomato. You see, it, it is it is two. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it could be um, it could be more two than two. Who knows? You're saying that these two did this specifically, but 
but there could be others that are also doing the same type yes, of work. Yes, yes. But not this specific. Right. Thing. In this moment, it's it's obviously two that, that are actually dead. But there's others, and there, there are more. And there are even people that are the remnant that remain. After all this is happening, there's the remnant language. So <laughs> they're, they're, they remain, right? These two did their work. Their purpose was is done. They're, they're ascending into heaven. And the remnant remains. And then that's, you know, we just move forward. I just think there's so many different, you know, pastor knows this too. In Bible college, they gave us timelines <laughs> exactly of when every, everything was going to happen. And I can't, I'm not going to do that. I just, I, I, I am... And I've changed my thinking in a lot of ways, and I know we're out of time. But whatever the number's going to be. Yeah, I think, Mark, like in Zechariah 4, where it talks, it also references these two olive trees that are really the sons of the anointing that fuel the, the, the candlestick. I think that's the precedent for this, that there are going to be people like us who right now are functioning as in this role of, of two. And so I do think that it's it's a principle that's being established, but then but then again, you know, I agree wholeheartedly that this is a case specific of, of two prominent ones there that are really indicating this process. But, you know, for whatever reason, these two have more notoriety than anybody else. Yeah. So I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying that too, it's yeah. Not one or the other, it's, right. It's, yeah, so we're all saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want anybody to say uh, it is two, but it's like Pastor was saying. There, there's, 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 there's others that are doing the same type of work, and and it's us, and it's other people that are that we, some people we don't even know yet that we're gonna, uh, you know. So there's just a lot to consider here, and. Um, you know, you guys can look at the uh, the remaining part of this. Um, I think I'm pretty much done. I know. Um, I just, you know, when it, when it comes to the you know Book of Revelation, I know Jesus. He he sent them out. Um, he sent out the 70. You know, so 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 numbers is definitely uh, there there's there's a um not a timidity to, to, to sharing something like this, but I guess the, the the weightiness of the topic, I'm not real it's not that I'm not certain about what it is. It's just I don't wanna I don't you don't wanna lock yourself into if you just say it's just two people. So I, I, rather than doing that, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm not going to tell you. I know it is too, but there, there's others that are doing the same type of work. There's other witnesses. just so happens that these two died, um, but I'm done. Mark, why don't you consider doing a part two and finish it? Maybe add to these remaining scriptures. Yeah, I'll let you have mine. Not that <laughs> uh, Next week? I gotta look at my schedule. I got a couple of weeks I'm traveling in a row, so I'm not.
Stacy is next week. I sure appreciate your research on this and your explanations. Mm, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Very, very in-depth. Less is the 21st, which is two weeks. I'll chat with you, man, but I just got to check my schedule. <laughs>